The December 2021 update is here, and you know T's going to break out the stats. Also, what do we think of... From the that and more on this episode of The Clash Tips. Welcome to The Clash Tips Podcast. T, are you proud of me? I said podcast after Clash Tips. You are the best. I am super <laughs> proud of you. Everything is great. We have a great episode now. I had been forgetting for many, many episodes, and every single episode at the end of it, T was like, Tip, you got to say podcast. That way people know what it is. This is a podcast. It's not right. just Clash Tips. And I, I totally agree. But I remembered this time, so we're good. Yeah, we got it. We're good. We also have PE with us. Of course, you guys were introduced to PE long ago. PE is our friend from across the pond. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we're here to talk about this huge game maybe, changer. Maybe <laughs> not so huge. I don't, I don't think update. an hour is enough. <laughs> i don't know honestly i think we're going to be struggling a little bit for content <laughs> oh no i have tons to say about it but you know <laughs> i don't know if super so wants to hear it I that's mean, the yeah. problem <laughs> you get back on you being able to like pull out the powerpoint anyway and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. it was kind of canny how t related a lot of these updates were so for example they upgraded gold elixir and de mines and that's something that you've been calling for for months and months and months. Are you mm-hmm. surprised that they finally did it at this point? I'm surprised it took them this long. Um, I was expecting the collector upgrades to come in either like the September update or the summer. Like they usually kind of delay. So I wasn't surprised when they didn't do it in the summer, but I was definitely surprised that it didn't happen in like that late September update. Because it could have just been like a free thing that just makes farming easier. But, you know, we got it now. And they went through and did this balance pass, and it basically made farming for everyone up to Town Hall 13 easier. And then did some, you know, minor discounts on the build updates. And, you know, they like to call out that there's 50% discounts and all this stuff. But realistically, the biggest differences are that from Town Hall 2 to Town Hall, I'd say about nine. They went and did a balance pass on the difference between the total builder time to max and the lab time to max. And they did a nice, reasonable balance pass where they kind of removed the lab bottleneck that existed in all of those lower town halls. And then they didn't remove, but they reduced the lab bottleneck in town halls 10, 11, and then that was it. Um, and then we got cost reductions for walls in Town Hall 12 and 13. So T, you started talking about some of the lower town halls, and they actually made some pretty big changes mm-hmm. down at that level. Does that change your mind when it comes to the hammer of building versus a hammer of fighting at the lower town halls? And I know that you don't use them at that lower level, but what's your opinion? Has it changed at all based on the changes that Supercell just made to the lower town hall level? What they actually did is they made rushing more effective, which we can talk about because there's a lot of math and reasoning why that's the the case, but that's probably too much for (laughs) just this uh, episode. But what they did was they reduced the difference between the lower town hall lab upgrades and the higher town hall lab upgrades. So now if you use a hammer or a book in say town hall eight or town hall nine, you're getting an even worse deal than before. So you're even further incentivized to rush 
faster. And the second thing that they did that made rushing a little more effective is one of the biggest problems that you have with rushing is that your lab takes forever to catch back up because the lab is the major bottleneck that you're skipping. And that's one of the benefits of rushing. But it means that like, you know, you you'll have a certain army comp max and nothing else. Whereas now you're able to catch up all of those lower lab upgrades with like no effort whatsoever. And then it makes it much easier to catch your lab up because the long upgrades you skip with a hammer or a book. So then all these little, you know, lower level upgrades are instantly completed, basically. And then you actually instantly complete the longer ones with your magic items. So I think they're they're making it a, a much well, you know, they, they are kind of making it less painful to max, but they're also making the math argument for rushing even more compelling. Mm. So PE were the gold elixir and DE mines the first thing that you upgraded as soon as this update went live? Um yeah, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't much of a choice. Honestly, right. I actually, I have always hated upgrading those things. I don't know why. It just feels like every time I put one of them, it's like I could be upgrading something else, you know? Yeah, so I have a, a little admission to make. My gold mines and my elixir mines are still at Town Hall 10 levels. <laughs> so if you've listened to some of our past episodes... I've kind of ribbed T a little bit about upgrading the mines and I, and T he is right. Uh, upgrading a mine. If you look at the numbers has more benefit than upgrading like an archer tower or something like that. But for whatever reason, I farm a ton. And so I've never seen any value really in upgrading the mines. T are you ashamed of me? Yes. Yes. You have <laughs> disappointed me, my son. I am. I am extremely disappointed. No, um, <laughs> It's funny that they're they're upgrading these things for Town Hall 12 and giving us pretty tame increases. Realistically, the Dark Elixir drills are giving you an extra 4,500 DE a day. So it's like it's cutting off another full raid or so um, mm. of loot Is that requirement per mine? attacks. No, that's total. That's okay. total over the course of the day. For, for all three mines. All three for all three mines. mines. Yep. Okay. They're giving you about an extra attacks worth of which is on top of what they were already giving you right um, well but also that means per month that's what 135,000 or so dark elixir per month extra kind of yeah, like that's not something them. to laugh about yeah right you know like that's an extra five to ten percent depending on how much you farm every month which you know it doesn't sound like a whole lot but when you look at the aggregate of you know you need 15 or 20 million dark elixir to max out town hall 14 having to do 10 percent less is it, it that's a difference that's going to be you know weeks worth of farming that you don't have to do i think the most interesting thing is that this update seems highly focused on improving the farming experience from town hall 2 to town hall 12 with all of the cost reductions and increasing the league bonus and all those things and then what the major thing that releasing the collector levels does is it improves the amount of loot you can get out of dead bases, which also improves the farming sweet spot up to that town hall level where the collectors got maxed at. So town hall 12 in this case, plus or minus one. So now town hall 13 bases will be better to farm and town hall 11 bases will be the same as before. And then town hall 12 will improve as well. So now you'll have Instead of the sweet spot, which right now is kind of 
town hall 10 town 11 town hall 12 like those are the bases that you want to hit in town hall 11 and that's like the best farming that you can get in clash of clans at the moment town hall 12 is now going to be the sweet spot where now you can pick on town hall 11s and town hall 13s and you're getting most of the available loot that you possibly can get well and this will also increase the loot economy at town hall 13 i a PE, I right. know that you have your Town Hall 13. Have you noticed anything immediately? Because I'm I'm imagining this is probably going to take some time for the loot economy to see some improvement. I mean, we'll see some improvement right now with the win bonus, the daily win bonus. It's not called the win bonus. I forget what it's called. The star bonus. The star bonus. But uh, PE at Town Hall 13, have you seen anything right now? Um, I haven't really noticed any major difference. It kind of felt like there was a bit of a lull there for the last week or two. I felt mm. like I was pressing next base quite a bit, but usually like I just run super barbs all the time. So it's kind of handy that way. I'm able to just snipe collectors and all that. But well, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm usually I'm able to get a handy enough base fairly, fairly quickly. I haven't noticed any drastic change since the update dropped though. Mm. T, how long do you think it'll take before we really start to see some changes? How long do you think it'll take for players to start upgrading their collectors to max, etc.? It's usually about four months. Um, before you see a major difference in the loot economy, because like you said, you, first you need to have everybody upgrade those new collector levels. And then you have to wait for the kind of wave of people to get bored and their accounts to go dead. And then that's mm -hmm. when the dead bases come back. So it's usually between four and six months before you see a major difference, which is why I'm always like pressing and pushing for Supercell to release them earlier so that we have, you know, better loot as the town halls kind of mature instead of after everybody's maxed and it doesn't matter <laughs> so i think that we're going to see a pretty significant increase in the loot economy at town hall 14 pretty quickly only because this update release was pretty small and mm -hmm. i know that we've heard some rants from uh, other players who have suggested that if the new update release was going to be small then players were going to be unhappy with it and they're going to be more apt to just shut down the app and not play with it until the next update comes out because they're so bored with the game and to me those players will likely push upgrade on there may be DE mines and their elixir and their gold mines. And then they're just going to shut off the app. And then we're going to have access to those dead bases quicker than maybe somebody who is at a lower town hall who might still be playing the game because they're still excited about upgrading. Yeah, that's fair. Um, like the lower town halls generally don't see this kind of improvement at all because they're less than the town hall where the collectors are getting upgraded. Mm, right. So they'll just have the normal one, but they'll still get the benefit of the increased star win bonus loot payout thing, the daily bonus. So I, I think they did a pretty nice job of kind of taking out some of the pain points through Town Hall 2 to Town Hall 10, and then also made day one of Town Hall 11 easier because they reduced the warden costs and the warden timers. So it went from day one before the original warden Town Hall 11 cost reductions when Town Hall 14 um, dropped. You needed like 26 million elixir day one of Town Hall 11 to upgrade your warden continuously. Mm -hmm. And then they dropped that to about 16 million when Town Hall 14 dropped. And then now you only need, I think, I did the math, it was like six or seven million for the first day. So that's a big improvement. And mm -hmm. it, now it makes it so that, you know, I, I've always recommended people hit Town Hall 11 with, you know, a rune of elixir, full storages, gold pass discount, season bank, like planning, all this stuff. Now it's like you can just hit that Town Hall 10 upgrade button to hit Town Hall 11. It doesn't even matter. You hit the ground running. 
six million over a course of a day is nothing. You know, that's that's your normal amount of loot that you would need to get anyways. You know, th- they did the same thing for Town Hall 13 as well. Like we did that whole episode about, you know, how you plan on hitting Town Hall 13 and, you know, the amount of strategy that it's required. And then they reduced the Royal Champion costs by almost a full level over the entirety of Town Hall 13. They reduced it by about 200,000 Dark Elixir. But most of that was focused on the first couple levels so that instead of you needing 13 million Dark Elixir in the first week of, uh, well, not 13 million, but you know, 1.3 million Dark Elixir in the first week of Town Hall 13, you only need about, um, I think it was like 300,000 total for the whole week for your RC, which like is a big difference. It makes... They're like removing these pain points that, you know, you hit Town Hall 13, you're like, I'm a good DE farmer. And then you see the Royal Champion, you're like, oh, my God, where (laughs) is all my dark elixir going? You know, (laughs) something else that they did to make the experience at the lower town halls a little bit better was they buffed the troops. They increased hit points and DPS. Uh, They Mm -hmm. did so for barbs, goblins, giants, wizards, hog riders, valks, pekkas, minions and healers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they did focus on Town Hall 7 through 10. And just from playing with my family and my nephews and people that I see out in the community, a lot of people tend to kind of congregate at these town hall levels. Mm-hmm. I know that Darian mentioned a little bit at, uh, and we we discussed a little bit in Discord on what town halls people generally stop at. And he said that it used to be town hall nine, but it's slowly moving up to town hall 10 and town hall 11. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that they buff these troops in order to make the players have more fun with the game so that they spend more money so that they continue upgrading? Like, what are your thoughts about troop buffs? So I think with the Barbarian, one of the things that I hyped on in our Rush episode was how the level eight Barbarian was such a ridiculous jump over the level seven Barbarian. And that's why farming at Town Hall 11 was so much better. Like there were so many things that made Town Hall 11 farming better. But one of the big ones was your Barbarians got a 50% hit point upgrade from the previous level. Mm -hmm. Now, by buffing these lower barbarian levels what they're actually doing is improving barch at these lower town hall levels which is kind of like another sneaky improvement to the farming experience at these lower town halls so i think by reducing the wall grind by reducing the lab bottlenecks by doing all of these quality of life upgrades what they're doing is they're making it much easier to progress through the town halls in those lower town hall levels because that's like If you get someone that quits at Town Hall 9, you know, it only takes a few months to get to Town Hall 9 if you're not trying to max, right? Like if you're just upgrading willy-nilly and you're a casual player, you know, a a couple months go by and you're Town Hall 9. But by that point, you're suddenly, you have no Dark Elixir and you have two Dark Elixir heroes that you need to upgrade. You have walls that have two levels that didn't previously have two levels. You have all of these resources you need to get. And, you know, farming in Town Hall 9 is probably the worst Town Hall to farm at because... Barch sucks, and it's the first level where baby dragons are kind of struggling a little bit. So by improving all these things, they're removing these pain points so that people don't quit there. And then they will get to the point where, you know, Town Hall 11, in my opinion, is where the game really starts to hit its stride and become really fun. And that's when people are going to start being like, oh, well, now I have three heroes to upgrade. And now Book of Heroes can start to be a thing that is you know, an inefficient use of my time and resources. And I can start doing CWL and like all of these things happen. So I think Supercell's focus is on getting people to Town Hall 11 and then 
removing the pain points that would make them quit before they get to Town Hall 12 and Town Hall 13, because that's really where I think the money generators are. Yeah, very true. PE, I know that you have a Town Hall 13 and a Town Hall 14. Do you have any additional counts at these lower Town Hall levels? Uh, I have a Town Hall 11 that is really a Town Hall like 7. But, <laughs> like the Town Hall is white, everything else is really bad. And a little bit neglected. I've, I've just been waiting for this, like the reductions, you know, for the last couple of months. That's what I was going to start farming. You know? Oh, sure. It's all planned. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Yep. And now it's time to go. Yeah, yeah now it's time to hit the ground run and get that king to level nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did notice that the only troop that was buffed at actually Town Hall 11 was the Valkyrie. And I, I kind of chuckled a little bit because I'm like, even at Town Hall 11, the Valkyrie's not used. So why even bother? Like, what is Supercell trying to do? I don't know. What do you think, T? They keep trying to make Valkyrie happen and they're just, <laughs> it's not going to happen. They like Supercell keeps being like, oh, but if we give them a little more DPS or we give them a little more hit points, it's like that neither of those things are the problem. Those are both good, strong things about the Valkyrie. They have a ton of health and they have, a, they do a ton of DPS. Great. The problem with the Valkyrie is the fundamental troop design of the Valkyrie. And until yeah. they do a complete troop rehaul, it's just never going to be effective, especially not a Town Hall 11, where it's like, hey, why would I take a Valkyrie who's going to get stuck on walls, be an idiot, has terrible AI, when I could just take E-Trags, which work on the same kind of base and are way easier in <laughs> every witches. aspect. Yeah, I mean, or witches. Yeah, so, so the meta at Town Hall 11 has nothing to do with Valkyries. Right. I haven't seen a Valkyrie attack in forever. But now that we're mentioning Valkyries, actually Supercell introduced a new troop. They introduced the 14th Super Troop, which is the Super Dragon. Mm -hmm. And I watched a lot of video on this, and I couldn't help but think that the Super Dragon was essentially the Air Valkyrie. And I'm not sure if you guys remember the Falcon attack back in, I would say, 2016, when valkyries were all the rage and they were all the meta and basically what you would do is you would funnel valkyries into a portion of the base and then you would just take a bunch of heal spells and heal them in groups and batches so to me that's kind of what you can do with the super dragon they have very similar effects as the valkyrie if buildings are touching they damage multiple buildings at one time and then also if you can keep them together they have such high hit points that if you can keep them under heal you know, a black sand mine isn't going to take one out. It may take it, you know, down to half health, but it's still going to be alive. And so if you can throw heal spells down in opportune places, then it might just tear up and it might become the meta. PE, have you had a chance to play around with the Super Dragons at all? Yeah, I did a few uh, FCs with them earlier today. Now, in more capable hands, they'd probably be a lot more effective. Like I was trying to do <laughs> Queen Charge on the Super Drags. And like they're fun, they're tanky. I was just kind of what like an attack that had completely fizzled out. I was just kind of watching when I was like, this thing's still alive, like taking on a multi and a scatter. And I was like, yo. And I got them both down. And then I was like, these things, they can, they really do stay alive. Obviously, you need to support them. But they feel like, I don't know, if you can keep them, I mean, that goes with any troop. I mean, if you keep any troop alive, it'll do damage. But like, I don't know. Yeah, they're, I haven't quite figured out how to use them to their optimal attack yet i've tried the clone spam i've tried the uh queen charge and yeah I, I i quite like them the splash surprised me a little bit because like it could be attacking say it's on the very right of an archer tower it'll hit the thing or the building that's on the very left of the archer tower and i didn't think it'd go like that far i was kind of surprised by that 
and yeah it's it makes them a lot more effective i think because they're splash with regular drags as well but it's so like the hit area is so minuscule it doesn't really you don't notice it half the time mm. yeah like, you only really notice the regular dragon splash if there's yeah, you know a hundred archers like, coming at air you, you know? coming up to them. <laughs> yeah that's it yeah they seem like they're more forgiving like they seem like they're going to be easier yeah. to spam do you think yes and no i it took me a long time to get it into my brain to realize like they're not dragon riders i can't just drop them and they'll go for the defenses i can't just drop them without funneling and it's like oh well at least i got all their gold mines (laughs) (laughs) and like yeah because i've been running queen share dragon rider legends i just i don't know i was still in that mindset and eventually yeah you funnel them you get them in rage them up they do a ton of damage really quickly like they clear stuff out very quick well, they do um, have 40 housing space, but they're not necessarily double the DPS and hit points of a regular dragon. Do you think that that's a mistake? Because if you look at the witch, for example, the super witch is not, uh, the stats are totally different than the regular witch. And that's true for a lot of super troops. Like it's not just true for the dragon. But do you think that that's going to make a difference in this case? Uh, what's a regular dragon's HP? It's something fairly big, isn't it? Like 4,000. Uh, if you doubled it, I mean, I think they'd be way too tanky. Yeah, yeah I think part of the problem is uh, breakpoints get to be you know, like if you double a dragon's hit points, like PE said, a single black mine is going to be like an eighth of its health, and it's <laughs> it's just going to be too tanky, you know. It just be flying golems, right? Exactly, and that, that, that do a ton of damage. Ton of damage, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> mm. So I think one of the things that's interesting about the super drags is that they are an actual investment in your army comp like you can't just splash them so they're not really going to be like a funnel troop they're not really going to be something that you can just throw into a comp without any thought so i think that's the problem is that it's going to take a little time to figure out how to use them effectively and i'm not sure yet if they're going to be that strong i've i've watched a bunch of videos i think they're effective against a, a niche sort of base but I think that there are other strategies that also worked on that base. So I'm not sure if they're going to like suddenly take over the meta or not. Yeah, I think that if you can keep them in a super tight line, which I mean, honestly, it's true with any troop. I mean, if you do that with hybrid, you're going to be successful. If you do that with uh, Hydra, you're going to be successful with that. But I think because of their tankiness, if you can funnel out you know, a corner of the base and then make this L-shaped platform where they can just stay nice and tight, then you can heal them up, you know, halfway through and then they'll just finish off the rest of the base due to their tankiness and the fact that if they go down to half health by going through the first compartment, you heal them up to full health by the second compartment, then when they get to the third compartment, they can just completely take them out. I don't know that heal is going to be the thing to use with them because they have 7,000 health and heal spell, if you get it perfect and they're in it for the entire time, only does 2,000 health worth of healing. Mm. So it's it could take the edge off it, but I kind of think that they're more on the e-drag side of things where rather than trying to use heal, if you proactively freeze things so that they don't take the damage in the first place, that might be a better path to take with them. Mm-hmm. But I'm really not sure. I think they're going to essentially be hyper-focused on base ID because like Valkyries, if you go in on the right base, they're going to demolish it and it's it's going to seem really strong. And then on the wrong kind of base, you're going to be lucky to two-star. But I don't know. I think the interesting thing is I think the meta is going to be shaken up more by the Flame Flinger, 
which is the new siege machine that we got with this update because that little thing i don't know if it's good or not <laughs> I'm, I'm really not sure I've, I've kind of messed around with it a little bit but it seems like in the right hands in the right base you're going to be able to just be a nightmare for base builders. And that's the one thing that I've noticed is that Supercell has definitely made things more interesting for base building. So for example, the box base that we saw through Clash Worlds, where you had the town hall kind of off to the side with a few storages in front of it, but not much else. This new Flame Flinger is going to be able to take down the town hall super easy in a base setup like that. And then you're just going to have to funnel properly through the rest of the base. So I really think that this is going to do a number on base builders because they have a completely new concept to consider. The one mm -hmm. thing that I think is going to trip up uh, anybody who uses this to attack kind of the secret weapon is going to be ground skellies because ground skellies are going to be hard to trigger especially if they're back aways. So you can almost make it so that you put a defense kind of at the point and then the flame flinger takes out that point defense, whatever it is, and then moves in to the next defense, whatever that is. And then that's the point when the ground skellies are triggered. And if you're not following up that flame flinger with, you know, a wizard or even a, a Valk or a archer something, then the ground skellies can just take it out pretty quickly because it has such low health. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting thing to watch. And using ground skeletons in that manner might be able to stop the flame flinger if they come in in that direction. So it's kind of a big ask because I kind of feel like the skeleton spell or the skeleton trap is one of the most effective things for preventing three stars at town hall 14 because a, a well-timed, well-positioned skeleton trap can do all kinds of havoc to all different types of attacks if it's if it's done right. So, you know, you, you might be correct that a, a perfectly placed skeleton spell completely ruins a flame flinger's day, but that means that that skeleton spell is now not placed to prevent hybrid or to prevent a queen charge or to prevent, you know, the other things that skeleton traps can be used for. The whole idea with the flame flinger is that it's like, its range is so big, it's not going to be in the line of any defenses. Like you're going to have to put skeleton spells in really specific spots outside of your base for that to kind of be effective. And even then, because you're outside of the range of any defenses, you can just drop a wizard and the skellies are gone. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. well, this is definitely going to make the placement of mortars a lot more valuable because mortars is one of the only defenses that can actually outrange it. Uh, mm -hmm. It was mortars and the eagle and expos. And so it's really going to do a number on base builders because if you have a corner that's not covered, then a flame flinger can take out that entire corner, which before the only way that you could do it effectively really was with a warden walk. Uh, and so I guess this kind of, in a way, is an OP warden walk, if you look at it. I think it's a really strong type of siege. Now, it let, I was using it earlier, and it just I was able to snipe until eventually people realized what I was doing and just started putting up a particularly awkward, like, town halls where there's, like, six cannons around them, like, just, you know, like, <laughs> sure. couldn't get the range anymore. The multi-mortar, I always put your multi-mortar near your town hall so it can get sneaky gobs, by the way. And it, like, <laughs> that, even that, that got like six of its yokes off on the flame flinger earlier when I did an attack and things still took out wizard tower and archer tower and the town hall then afterward. Now I did wow. use a quake on the town hall to activate it, but even then, oh, and there was two builders healing it up as well. Like yeah. It's really strong. Yeah. I think Tesla farms, obviously Tesla farms around the town hall were 
sort of a thing. Usually they kind of went maybe near the eagle or a scatter multi-compartment or something like that. But I think maybe that'll be kind of the big way to counter them in a sense. Yeah, but this maybe... also, it makes the idea of the Hydra, clone Hydra kind of come back because if you're putting defenses back around the town hall, then it makes that strategy more powerful. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, yes. I I mean, I look, I had a <laughs> I had a howler there during the week with a clone Hydra where perfect place tornado trap managed to make my balloons go bye-bye. So <laughs> I think that's still an option for that as well. But yeah, it is. You don't want to give too much value around the town hall because of that. Plus, mm. like, also just on those box bases you said at the World Champs, I think they'd be a good basis for the super drags. Just treat them like E-drags nearly. King, queen, one side maybe, and something to funnel the other side and send them through, rage them up. I think that's maybe where they shine. Do you think that this is going to lead to more centralized town halls? I don't think we'll ever really see centralized town halls because the problem with the centralized town hall is it's really effective against poor attackers and it's worthless against everyone else. Mm. And it's just because you're giving it kind of too much of an easy blimp because if you come in from a corner and you eternal tone blimp, you have so much time in the eternal tome that there's no way that the blimp doesn't make it to the town hall. And then you can just do a safe thing. You don't need any rage spells. You don't need any anything. You just have some sneaky gobs in the town hall and the town hall goes down. And it's like a free thing. You just gave up one of the biggest defenses. And crucially in town hall 14, there's almost no chance that a centralized town hall like that your troops will go through the poison. And that's kind of like I think one of the biggest ways to trip up a non-professional attacker is to put your town hall in a spot where if it goes down, the troops still have a high percentage chance of walking through the poison because that's so dangerous and so deadly. And it's one of the one of the ways that you can kind of force people to panic because if they lose a significant part of their army or their heroes or something that they weren't planning on losing in that poison all of a sudden they have to adapt and you know non-professional attackers aren't good at adapting so i think throwing the town hall in the in the center is just not really going to be a thing at the higher levels but it's always strong against poor attackers and it's just going to be better now i think because you know when you see these spammy strategies uh come into the meta and be incredibly strong like when Town Hall 13, when um, Yeti Bowler was extremely strong, it was like it kind of didn't matter if you used a good base or a bad base because the bad attackers were just going to do the same thing on you either way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're better off just being like, all right, well, I'm going to use the, the anti-pro base and just cross my fingers and pray because it's mm. like the, the spammy easy attacks are not even looking at, oh, this is a hard base for this type of attack. It's like, nah, whatever. Spam all my troops down and pray. and I don't know. I don't I don't really think you'll see a rise in centralized town halls for, you know, professional players. Yeah. Do you think that the flame flinger is going to make it easier to spam? So, for example, place the flame flinger down on one portion of the base, maybe a corner, put your heroes down to do a suey on one corner and then just throw your I mean, maybe even the super dragons down on the other portion and then just spam them in and you can get, you know, a high 90 percent two star, high 80 percent two star every time. I think it's actually going to make Lalo and Mass Hogs better because you're essentially funneling for defense targeting troops even more effectively than normal. 
And it's the same sort of thing for, I, I guess, Dragon Riders could be included in that as well. Because like you said, if you use the Flame Flinger in a corner and then you suey and knock out every building in the other corner, well, that's a, an extremely short path that your defense targeting troops need to go through. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'd have a straight line. They can stick together. All your spells get full value. And it's an extremely simple attack to do. Instead of having to worry... You know, maybe mass hogs don't come in because heroes are still just mammoth roadblocks to mass hogs in Tunnel 14. But something like Dragon Riders or Lalo is going to be extremely strong because you have this amazing thing that automatically funnels an entire section of the enemy's base for you. Do you think that it was a little OP that they made the Flame Flinger target defenses rather than any general building? I don't know that they could have done it any other way because if they did it that it targets any, it's kind of worthless. It's it's yeah. basically yeah. just like a weird, odd funneling thing that takes forever to do anything. Yeah, they would have had to definitely mess with the numbers and they would have had to speed it up. But then my fear in that case is if they speed it up, well, then you make it completely OP because you can wipe out 50% of the base just with your flame flinger in like a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think what's going to happen, with, I think they're going to reduce the life time, the time it takes for it to use up its HP. Right. At I, some that's, point. That's exactly the thing that I was thinking as well, because right now it just lasts for so long. Yeah, it's and two minutes. like. Yeah. And it's like if, if you do a safe placement and there's no Tesla trap that trips you up and there's no, you know, multi mortar nearby, you can place it in a corner and then just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do a funnel wherever else you're going to funnel on the base and you can focus on that part. Like if you're going to do a suey for the funnel or you're going to do, you know, whatever you're going to do for your funnel, you can get that started while the flame flinger is doing its thing. And then as long as you're not coming in adjacent to the flame flinger, like if you're coming in opposite side of the base, you can just start whatever. And all of a sudden, like the flame flinger is now like essentially it's funnel and cleanup at the same time. And then it's going to release the troops that it has in there to help you clean up or tank or whatever they're going to do for the end of the attack. So I, I think it's an extremely strong siege. And I, I'm I'm kind of with PE that they're going to have to reduce the amount of time that it survives by some percentage. That's not small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. though. I really like using it. Yeah, well, I think it's a, I, super neat design. And I think in one of our I think in the episode with, with um, C2J uh, with C-Note and Carl, I think we were talking about, you know, like siege machines that we wanted to do. And I was like, right. You know, I was like, they should do like a defense targeting ground mm-hmm. siege machine. Yeah. And, and then I immediately was like, but that would probably be too OP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are several other ideas. I'd always thought that it'd be cool to have some type of Trojan horse mm-hmm. that you send into the base that the defenses ignore, you know, for a certain number of seconds. And then all of a sudden the Trojan horse explodes and troops pop out in a specific part of the base. Uh, that would be a super cool siege machine for you. But you did mention a ground base siege machine that targets defenses. So yeah, definitely a good call. I, I think that it's going to improve the average player's experience because we know that the base building meta takes time for it to catch up. Mm-hmm. And unless you're in like champs one or champs two, even champs three, maybe a lot of the internet bases are three, four or five months old. And so a lot of these old internet bases are going to have the town hall off to the side where a flame flinger is going to be able to take it out super quick and super easy. And so Mm. I think for the first, maybe two CWLs, you're going to see players who are using this 
a lot and it may seem OP, but it's also, in my opinion, it's a trooper, a siege barracks that can also be pretty easily defended against. I think that the base builders can figure out pretty quick how to trip it up. And because it has such low health, if, if it goes down to maybe a giant bomb that's well-placed or a mortar that's behind an archer tower in some way, or like there, there are ways that base builders figure out that they can place certain traps and certain defenses in a way to prevent it from doing so much damage, then I think that it'll be used a lot now. But then in three months, I think that it may not be used almost none at all. You could uh, what see do you think more about that? ground bows near the town hall, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Or I, the way, I think it was the Asian community, once Town Hall 14 first dropped, they'd stack a lot of the builder huts around the town hall. There's sometimes like five. So if it's taking an age for the machine to like actually take the town hall down, you nearly like, it'll make people hesitant about starting the rest of the attack. It's like, it's still, it's still standing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Very true. I don't know. What do you think about that, T? I think this is going to be... You know, barring any nerfs, I think this is going to be around for a while. I think this is an extremely strong thing. Like when Dragon Riders came out and everybody was a little disappointed in them. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> fast ground targeting or defense targeting things are Tanky. always dangerous. They're, yeah. they're on the edge of that. It could be OP at any moment. And I think this one is edging into that territory of like, dangerously close to being a little a little too strong a little too easy what's the lowest town hall that can get them in the cc is it 12 that is a good question i don't i didn't actually um look it's that town up. 14 troops so i feel like i think it's, it's town hall 12. 12 yeah it's I'm either 12 sure it's or 13. 12. i mean I think it's so OP lower than that like oh my god can you imagine i'm pretty sure <laughs> a level four flame flinger could like single-handedly take out a town hall 11. The whole thing. <laughs> I would love to see that. Like, I'm almost sad that Supercell, I, they were smart to do it. They were right to do it. So don't get me wrong. But I, I'm almost sad that they reduced or they implemented those restrictions because I would love to see a flame flinger at like Town Hall 10. I was about to say, can you imagine that at Town Hall 10? Right. <laughs> Take down everything. So one of the interesting strategy points is that your CC troops are still inside this thing. Mm. And if the flame flinger mm. has taken down all the defenses that are within a certain range, what's going to be a good CC to put inside of it? I mean, the typical CC is like two Yetis and a Valk and a Barb, right? Or if it's an air attack, then you do, you know, loons and a dragon or loons and a dragon rider. But they're going to be so far away from the defenses that it's going to be tough to know where the CC troops are going to go after the flame flinger disintegrates. So I don't know. What do you think are some ideas of things that people might use in their CC for a flame flinger? I Probably honestly... Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm go. not joking. Honestly, I mean, that that might not be bad. I was with the, yeah, cleanup, like... That's that's what actually what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that um, like a regular Yeti Yeti complement, so the two Yetis, Valken and Barb. That's actually pretty solid cleanup. And once they get out of the section that the Flame Flinger has funneled, then you have the Yetis to tank, and the the Valk will do Valk things, and you know the Barb will die to something. I I don't think that's actually a bad CC troop, and I I think PE has the right idea as well. If if there are no walls in the area five valks might be a thing that helps go back and clean all of the regular buildings that the flame flinger ignored well, so 
And that was one thing that I was really surprised as when I was watching videos on this thing, the flame flinger actually broke down walls. Like when it, when it, oh yeah, when it flung at the defenses, the walls around the defenses crumbled it as well. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I actually haven't had a chance to use it yet. I, uh, I maxed it day one on my main and then I haven't actually gotten to use it. <laughs> um, I, I accidentally, I booked the first level. I hammered the second level, then bought another hammer and then upgraded it regularly. And I'm so annoyed. I can't cancel the upgrade. I thought you could cancel the lab upgrade. I don't think you can do it on the lab. I was trying. That might and be true. I don't true. really feel like spending 1,600 gems either. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I do want to just kind of address the elephant in the room that we were all excited and, and totally believing that Darian uh, <laughs> and his game-changing December update hype and all of those things and I, I just want to kind of address the that little bit is that Supercell has come out and Darian has said on Reddit that the big update that they wanted to do that they were excited for got delayed. And so for people that are in Town of 14 that are, are a little miffed that there aren't very many miffed upgrades for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I always like I to flex that. It the full scope of people's emotions. Right. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's the accurate amount. There is. There are no. There are no more than miffed. You All know. Fiddlesticks. Right. <laughs> exactly correct. Uh, no, I like to. I like to understate things because I. I think that it's certainly an understatement to say that people are miffed. Uh, yeah. But I think you know if if you're in that situation where you're town of fourteen and you're a little upset that. You know, we don't really have that much. Like I, I upgraded all of the non-collector things on day one, and I didn't even really have to stretch to do it. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't clear out any of my magic item storages. I had, uh, I spent two hammers, one book, and another hammer on the building, and that was it. And like instant done. Okay, now what? So, if you're in that situation, have some faith. Darian and, and Supercell and the development team, you know, they are working on something big, supposedly. And yeah. for them to delay it and for Darian, like he did a lot of work in the patch notes Reddit thread where he was addressing a lot of concerns. He was responding to people. So he he had to know that people were mad about this update. And he was he was present. He wasn't hiding. You know, he was he was there and he kept saying, you know, like, we're excited. We want you guys to see this thing. We didn't want to partial release it. So I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that there is, in fact, some feature coming that is going to redeem the game changing comments that they made and that we're going to have something exciting relatively soon. I don't I don't know what that mm. means. You know? Yeah. So he did say in the Reddit comments that this has been something that they've been working on for over a year. And so the only other two updates that I know that they worked on for literally years before actually introducing them to the game were game-changing meta, you know, splashing updates. And that was the builder base, which was huge. I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't well accepted, but it was huge. <laughs> and then the other it. thing was in-game CWL. And in-game CWL was game-changing as well. Right. The only two things that I would like to see, and I don't know if you guys have any ideas on what could be a great game-changing update, but would be Town Hall-specific CWL, which we talked about in the past, and it's likely not going to happen, but that would be something that I think would be cool. And then the ability to FC anybody in the game. You, 
very similar to builder base style where you just push attack and then you get mashed against a town hall level similar to yours. PE, do you have any ideas about game changing updates that they could be working on? Did you say PE or T? (laughs) (laughs) I think I said PE. Okay. Um, People have been pushing for the, uh, the Alliance thing. Say like you have family clans. And you yeah. can kind of have one big clan chat between, like, say, three different clans. And yeah. that sort of crack. So, I don't know. That's something people... I don't know. It is going to be something like that, some sort of mode. It's not going to be like just, oh, here's a, here's a new level for the Valk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I hope they include that as well, anyway, just for T's benefit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think the Alliance thing is possibly... I really like the friendly challenge thing that you said there. That's yeah. a really cool idea, I well, think. I know that Carbon at the Clash Worlds, when talked about things that, that he would like to see introduced into the game, he talked about the Super Valk and how the Rage Spell is so tiny in comparison to the regular Rage Spell. And he thinks mm. that that's the reason why a lot of the Super Valks are not used. So he wanted to see an update to that. So who knows? Maybe T's going to get his Valk upgrade in a way that pleases him. It felt I mean, like they were pushing the Valks a lot at the World Championship. Like even... A lot of the time, we're just like the king sending kings in for Sue. And it's like, oh, and they brought a Valk. You see ATN bring Valks, and now everyone else is doing it. It's like, <laughs> people have kind of been doing that since like ages. I mean, it's not yeah. new. It's stopped a bit because the Yak did splash. But, you know, it's not like revelationary. It just felt like they were trying to push it. Yeah. yeah. Like Super was like, talk about the Valk. <laughs> Listen, we're going to buff the Valk. Just holding like holding up a gun, just like yo, Valk. <laughs> yeah, Valks are the best troops. We heard T on them, and uh, <laughs> you know, you, we've got to talk them up. So funny. What do you think a game changing update would be, T? I, you know, I think you guys are both right. It's got to be something big, it's got to be some sort of new mode. The only thing that I can really think of that's not something that's been like ruled out is some sort of I want to say it's like some sort of something to do with like the events and the base puzzles and base challenges that they keep putting out that maybe there's like some sort of leaderboard that they Mm. could put up so that either clan wide or, you know, on your friends list or maybe even, you know, like the legend league, like a leaderboard where maybe it's just with your friends or maybe it's with your clan or maybe it's just like a global leaderboard like they have for legends leagues where the time, the percent, all of those things would show up. So you could see, you know, like Supercell could do something like where every week they'd have a new base that everyone would have to attack. And then the fastest attack would get like the highest ranking or, or something like that, where there's like a, a replacement for global chat because people want this connection to people that are not just the 50 people that are in their clan. They want a connection to the wider Clash community in game. And all of the things that people have kind of suggested have been ruled out. So I played Diablo 3 for a long time. And something that they did that was really interesting was they came out with these weekly challenges. And in the weekly challenge, everybody had to use the same stuff. So everybody had to use the same character, the same gear, the same level. The, and then they were all faced against the same challenge. And then it became, you know, how fast could you do it? And I think that would be something neat i don't know that that would be game changing i don't know how that would be received but i something where it's not just you and your clan mates i think it's got to be something bigger than that to really kind of be a game changer in my now opinion. that you've said the 
brought up the global and think maybe it is something to do to try and like rectify that because the like the in-game system of recruiting is terrible it's, it's crap yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it is something crap. to kind of try and address that maybe mm, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I think I don't... it will be something that like that's like interactive between you and other players or will it be more builder based style where it's just yourself kind of and something well, I, you work I know on that... yourself T has mentioned a mega base and a Nestor from divine justice also mentioned that where it's a base that, you know, maybe five players build together and somebody else attacks that base, but it's huge. Like it's mega, very similar to the mega bases on boom beach. Uh, so that could be something that would kind of bring in global. You could do a general challenge, you know, five V five thing, but then that also kind of ties into my do your friendly challenge and you can be matched against somebody of a similar town hall level. Yeah, I think all of these things would be pretty interesting. And I'm curious because Supercell, you know, somehow always manages to pull out these little surprise updates. Like, you know, I never saw pets coming in a million years. I never would have predicted that. And I think when Builderbase came out, nobody was predicting that they were going to do that. And I'm, I'm sad that Builderbase kind of failed because I think it's made Supercell a little more hesitant to do those kind of out there, out of the box mm-hmm you know, yeah. really wild changes. So that's kind of why I think the mega base is not ever going to happen, even though I would love to see it. So I don't, I don't know. Like I'm really excited. I, I hope that it comes out relatively soon. And I, I've got all the faith that something <laughs> is in the works. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. And especially after how Darian handled the Reddit, how he's handled responding to people. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it is going to be a game-changing update. I do think that it is something big. Otherwise, I think he would have handled it differently. I think if it was just a troop or if it was just maybe a minor update, then they would have put it out anyway. But because right. it is so big and they literally have the whole development team working on it, I do think that it's something big. And hopefully it's something big that we all like. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. You think so, P.E.? Uh, I hope so. I'm I'm excited for it now, to be honest with you. I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with this update. I'm not terribly whatever about it, uh, like the smallness of it or whatever, but I am looking forward to this next one. I'd, I'd love to know when or when they're thinking. Yeah, I, I, tried, I tried mining all of Darian's responses, and he was very careful not mm. to put any sort of timeline he's, on it. He's good I think that. he said himself that yep. he's like, they don't want to give those times just because mm. like it sets a target that they don't necessarily want to be there well they did that at town hall 11 whenever they introduced town hall 11 for the first time they had their first clash con and they said new town hall gonna be introduced at this town at this clash con and then they actually did not put out town hall 11 for another like six months like it was (laughs) something ridiculous and so i think especially t was talking about how they're kind of gun shy whenever they're introducing new things i think that they don't want to do that again because they really did have a large portion of the player base. That's like, you know what? Forget this game. I'm just going to go play something else. Yeah. yeah. They said Tunnel 15 is coming next year as well. Didn't they? Well, mm. they haven't really started talking about it, but we're looking probably at fall of next year as the likely time frame. Mm. But then that the problem is that puts it right in the same span as worlds. And right. They don't want to do like a whole new town hall. So they could rush it. Maybe we get it in August. And then that kind of sort of gives enough time for worlds for for people to be maxed. Hmm. But I don't know. It's it's a puzzle that they've kind of put themselves into where 
I, I don't know. They, they don't want to release the full town hall levels, but even if you just drop, you know, hero updates and now we have pet updates. Think about, Oh man, now, now I'm, now I'm getting like, you think about the day one of town hall 15, because there's going to be a new hero because odd town hall level, you're going to have new pet levels and you're going to have four heroes with new levels. And it's like, that is, Do we get a new hero. We, I mean, yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. That's, Derry that's... says at odd town hall levels, we get a new hero. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I think who knows? honestly, what I've been thinking <laughs> is that for town hall 15, in order for there to be a new hero in town hall 15, they have to do some sort of baseline update to the regular game. And one of the things I was thinking for, you know, maybe this update that they've been working on for a whole year, maybe it's some sort of, answer to the question of well what happens when there's more than 100 buildings and we need more space in the base village Mm -hmm. so i don't know what the answer to that is i don't know if it's as simple as they're just going to increase the base village size again or maybe they're going to just increase the base village size for town of 14 and higher or i like some other answer that i don't know like maybe they're going to have a supplemental side base kind of thing um i i don't know but I think that's something that they're going to have to figure out because already at Town Hall 14 with a three-minute attack with four heroes, <laughs> it's like we already see that the big difference between an amateur and a pro is can you kill 50% of the base with your heroes? Mm-hmm. So what with if a- it was a case of like you could rotate in and out defenses? Like the max you can have is what you have now. And mm. then like say new defenses get added, but you have to put them in, you have to take other ones out. Yeah, you gotta like stash them like the uh yeah they're like put in storage mm. yeah that would be that would actually be kind of neat and i think that kind of goes back to my original idea for how to fix the battle builders which was to like make each one unique like you'd have a an ice battle builder and like a, a poison battle builder and you know a slow battle builder and all of these things and that would be kind of neat because then it would be more tools for the base builders to make it more difficult to three-star, which is a good thing in the pro level. And it would kind of make it so that base ID is even more important, which is good because that's the skill expression in the game. And it would be interesting because the same attack wouldn't be able to work on every base because, you know, you could have an anti-Lalo base that was fully anti-Lalo because all of these... There's nothing but multi-inferno. Yeah, you, you <laughs> right. could even... You could copy bases from the internet and then just trade... Uh, trade in, you know, maybe the internet base didn't have mortars out, but then you could put mortars out, or maybe the internet base did not have, you know, an archer tower and a cannon out, but you could put an archer tower and a cannon out, and that can mess up a whole attack. Right. So that would be a pretty cool idea to me. I think it also mm-hmm. kind of messes with burnt base too, because exactly, yeah, you'd have this like 80% or 90% match, but that last 10 or 15%, instead of it being basically the same thing it would now all of a sudden like the algorithm wouldn't really know how to rate it because, well, if it's an 80% match, but the other 20% is completely different buildings and completely different defenses. Well, that's not, you can't use that same attack, right? Like Mm -hmm. if they show you a video, that's a queen charge hybrid, but the last 20% of the base that you're actually looking at is all anti-hybrid, right? It's an extra (laughs) bomb tower. And it's like, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, so I don't know. I think that would be a really neat idea too, where, you know, maybe you could have, I mean, I'm really, really not looking forward to say like doing this in real life, but say you could have like four bomb towers and you'd have to swap out a bomb tower and a wizard tower. 
so that like you could have an anti-hybrid base because you had more bomb towers but then you know so make yourself more susceptible to other attacks at the same time right and i think that's something that's effective in other games where you don't just get a net improvement with no downside which is what all of the defense upgrades are in this game right like if you don't when you upgrade your your bomb tower it's just better there's there's no downside to upgrading your bomb tower which is good in a game like clash of clans which is about progression but in terms of making bases and making attack strategies and planning it's not really an interesting decision. Like it, there's not a decision of like, Hey, should I upgrade my bomb tower? It's like, no, obviously yes. Bo- uh, upgrade mm-hmm. it eventually. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was like, Hey, I want to have an anti-hybrid base. And I know that I have four bomb towers total. How many of those do I want to upgrade? Because I can't put them in until they're all maxed. Mm. So now, okay, well now you're going back to my spreadsheet, the game thing, but you're also saying like, well, if I have to take out a, a different defense if i have to take out a wizard tower for a bomb tower well now it's a pro con situation where it's like well is this going to strengthen my base against hybrid enough to warrant the loss of a wizard tower that might make me more susceptible to lalo for example Mm -hmm. so i think that would be a really neat way to work with that hundred percent hundred building limitation where it makes base building even more uh, valuable, right? Like if you have someone in your clan that can base build, they're even better to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're already really nice to have in your clan, but they would be even more valuable. Very true. PE, thanks so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. I know it's late for you, so we'll go ahead and end here and let you go. <laughs> no worries. Darian, so, when this episode comes out, Darian will just be pulling his hair out. Like, how do they know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, they've been that. they've been mining our episodes for content <laughs> apparently for the entire time that I've been on this show. That's why. That's why the thing got delayed. They don't know what it is yet because the podcast episode hasn't come out. <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, we got to listen to Clash Tips podcast because you know they're gonna have all these great ideas, which is gonna steal. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You guys can find out more uh, info, and if you want to hear more funny things from T and from PE, you can join us on the Clash Tips Discord server. I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at TipDog20. TPE's been an awesome night. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much.